Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Good morning. Men will praise him, all the men. And again I say, again I say, rejoice, the Lord always. And again I say, again I say, rejoice. Mm. Come bless the Lord, the Lord. His holy name. Good morning. Praise Him. Oh, that men would praise Him. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Again I say rejoice always and again I say again I say rejoice always again I say again I say rejoice always and again I say again I say rejoice Oh, that men would praise his name, would praise his name to the end of the earth. Oh, that men would praise his name, would praise his name to the end of the earth. Oh, that men would praise his name, would praise his name. Oh, that men would praise his name. Again I say rejoice mm. to the end of the earth. Good morning, I say, re- rejoice in the Lord always, I say, again, I say, oh, that's good, Tammy, that's, that's what it's supposed to do, that's good, I'm glad, the word of God is always, I don't want to talk about that in just a minute, supposed to pull us out, right, come on, put your hands together, in the Lord oh. Always and again I say, again I say, rejoice. Mm. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Rejoice. 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 God is about to do something for you significantly. I just know him. I know when he's dealing with me on something, he is about to do something for you. He is about to do something for you. God is about to do something significant for you. And I'm not talking about 2020 and down the line. I'm talking about God is about to do something so significant for you absolutely right now. And so just bless his name. Just praise him. Just magnify him. Just glorify him. Just ask the Lord, lend me your ear this morning, Lord God, I need you to hear everything that I am saying and I am praying and welcome to coffee and conversations with Lakeisha. I am Lakeisha M Johnson, AKA LMJ. If this is your very, very first time, because I know we have new people coming on visiting with us. I just want to say you're, you're welcomed here. Um, this is one of your safest places you get to be in because we are growing with God together and none of us have it all together. So I'm glad you came and ask all the questions. If we don't answer them right away, we will answer them along the way. I am just so grateful um, to be here this morning. I'm just so grateful for the word this morning. I want to get started and in the word um, so that we can rightly divide the word. My Bibles are in my lap. Uh, my notebooks are all around me. My um, pens are open for me to be able to take notes. Uh, remember, if you are someone who are, is really trying to grow in the word of God, I want to admonish you, encourage you anytime you're before someone teaching, take a note, take a note, take a note, take a note. Don't just assume that you mentally got this because God may take you back to a moment or something in which I use my Bible. It's almost like Bible journaling for me. I am always writing. I'm always sticking a pen in it. I'm already always like, oh my gosh, this right here is so important or God will strike something in me. And a lot of times we'll try to commit it to memory or say that our memories are so strong and that we can't, um, that we can commit it to memory and we may miss something significant or God may bring us back to something. So I want to read Titus two, Titus two came up to me this morning. I'm getting ready to read Titus two over us. Um, we'll read our Psalms 91 over ourselves in the amplified version, um, to cover ourselves, to remind us that we are in the secret place of the most high. I'm going to read that first. I'm going to read Titus two, and then I'm going to get into the devotional today. And I hope today that you receive how precious you are in God. So he or Lakeisha who dwells in the shelter of the most high will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the almighty whose power no enemy can withstand. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him. I trust with great confidence and on him. I rely for he will save you from the trap of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you and completely protect you with his pinions and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a wall. You will not be afraid of the terror at night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction 
um, which can be sudden death that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but danger will not come near you. You will only be a spectator as you look on with your eyes and witness the divine repayment of the wicked as you watch safely from the shelter of the most high, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels in regard to you to protect and defend and guard you in all your ways of obedience and service. They will lift you up in their hands so that you don't even strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and serpent you will trample under feet because he set his love on me. Therefore, I will save him. I will set him securely on high because he knows my name. He confidently trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never abandon him. No, never. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life I will satisfy him and I will let him see my salvation and we trust in that this morning and so just simply say to yourself I have absolutely nothing to worry about I have nothing to worry about I have nothing like I have nothing to worry about and you may have to say that to yourself a thousand times especially if you are a habitual worrier, right? If you're somebody who habitually worries, you may have to say that self to you a thousand times, like a thousand times, but say to yourself, I have absolutely nothing to worry about. And then let me read Titus two over us. Titus two is about sound teaching and Christian living. And so, um, I don't, when the Lord brings something up, I just, I've learned to be obedient I don't have to understand Titus was an apostle, one of the apostle Paul's sons in the ministry. And so he was sent to lead the church on the island of Crete and he wrote this letter to equip them. So this is Titus two. It says, but you are to proclaim things consistent with sound teaching. Okay, Lord, I hear you. Older men are to be self-controlled, worthy of respect, sensible and sound in faith love and endurance. And in the same way, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not slaves to excessive drinking. They are to teach what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure workers at home, kind in submission to their husbands so that God's word will not be slandered. In the same way, encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Make yourself an example of good works with integrity and dignity in your teaching. Your message is to be sound beyond reproach so that any opponent will be ashamed because he doesn't have anything bad to say about us. Slaves are to submit to their masters in everything and to be well-pleasing, not talk talking back or stealing, but demonstrating utter faithfulness so that they may adorn the teaching of God, our savior in everything for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lust and to live in a sensible righteousness and godly way in the present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and savior, Jesus Christ, he gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness 
and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, eager to do good works, proclaim these things, encourage and rebuke with all authority and let no one disregard. I love God. (laughs) Like I love God. I'm going to meditate on that today because if God gave us and wanted us to chew on that today, that's just not for me, the teacher. That's for all of us as well to regard and ask the Lord how and what and where do you want me to take this and what do you want me to do with this? And I know um, some things already, um, especially in teaching and being in good examples and walking in authority. We are walking in a generation that they are not interested in us just telling them what they should do. They are interested in us living the example out before them. And so if you have kids at home and you're telling them to live one way, but you live and act in another way, you are going to um, quench or um, you, you take away your power and your authority because your life is not reflective of what you're saying to them. So if you're telling them, you know, we don't use profanity in this house. I'm just giving this as an example, but you turn around and cuss someone out, then you, you, your credibility is gone. And so we have to remember that even with people that we minister to or people that we are attached to, it is hard for you to give a word for somebody. And then your life doesn't reflect that, right? You kill your credibility with that person. And so we have to look at walking in different levels and higher levels of integrity. So I want to get into the word. We've been talking about these spiritual blessings and, um, I have to take a deep breath and I have to take a deep breath because just what God gave me to share with you this morning is so powerful. And, um, I need you to understand what spiritual warfare is as well. Every time you make a decision to cast down a wicked thought and imagination, anything that exalts itself against God, you are operating in spiritual warfare. And a lot of times we think that spiritual warfare is slanging of the oil, getting all of this out, yada, 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 yada. The highest, one of the highest forms of spiritual warfare is renewing your mind in the word. So every time you go to renew your mind in the word and you make a decision to renew or you get a biblical truth or you go to church, or you attend the Bible study, or you're on this devotional, or you spend time reading the word of God. And and I'm talking about really reading the word of God. You are engaging in spiritual warfare because what you are saying is every thought in my mind, my God, that is exalting itself against God. I'm going to cast down the wicked imaginations. I'm going to cast down the vain thoughts. I'm going to cast down everything that I've thought and been acting in with the word of God. And so anytime you engage in spiritual warfare, that is why a lot of times when you guys ask me to pray for you, I say to you, what scripture are we standing on? Because I know that the word is the spiritual warfare against your mind, against your depression, against your marriage, against your children. 
I know that the word works and it's the spiritual warfare because it's the divine inspired word of God. And so when I'm saying to you, what scripture are we standing on, baby? Or I'm reading the scripture over you. I'm going, I'm going in spiritual warfare with you. I'm in agreement with you and I'm going, I'm trying to also show you how to war in the spirit for your rights and how to renew your mind. The enemy is not interested in renewing your mind because he knows vain thoughts, wicked imaginations, things that are not pure, lovely and of good report are keeping you from walking in your true identity in Christ. So every time you need to say that to yourself, Every time I renew my mind with a spiritual truth, I'm engaging in spiritual warfare. That is why he tries to take over your thoughts. That is why he tries to push you into a different direction. That's why he don't want you connected to other believers. That's why he still tries to let, get you to be in a certain place. Um, that's why he don't want you to go to church. Um, that's why he doesn't want you growing in the word of God. Those are though. That's why sometimes when you read, you find your mind somewhere else. It's be because he knows that. Thank you, Lord. He knows that every time you renew your mind in the word and you don't renew your mind in other things, every time you set yourself and say, I'm going to have faith in the word, right? And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And our truest forms of worship are obedience and faith, right? And so, um, and love. And so as we renew our mind in the word, we're engaging in spiritual warfare. Every time you take a biblical truth and not only chew it and digest it, but begin to apply it to your life, you're engaging spiritual warfare. And I'm telling you, Satan is pissed off. He's mad. He does not want you to renew your mind in the word. He wants you to think that the word doesn't work. He doesn't want God to take precedent and be first place because he knows if God is first in your life, then you're going to be a begin to walk in who you are in Christ Jesus. He, you're going to begin to walk. Who, so you've been looking for someone to cast something out of you. You've been looking for, so I need the intercessors to pray. And it's not that we can't get an alignment. You're supposed to take your prayers to the elders, but the necessity of the word in your life to renew your mind is what's going to change and transform your situation, change and transform you into Christ. And I'm not talking about you parroting or mimicking. I'm not just talking about mental scent, ascent. That's why I said, I'd rather you take five scriptures and rest and grow in those five scriptures, right? so that you can understand who you are in Christ Jesus and walk in the fullness of who God called you to. So remind yourself, oh my God, every time I renew my mind in the word and in a biblical truth, every time I make a decision to go to work, every time I make sure, make a decision that I'm going to operate in a Bible study plan. Every time I make a decision that I'm going to pray, every time I do anything that's outside of my carnal or flesh and that is spiritual, guess what's happening? I'm engaging in spiritual warfare and I'm renewing my mind in the word. And when you submit to God, 
when you submit to God, when you submit whatever the circumstance, when you submit the situation, when you submit to God, you then resist the devil. And then guess what? He'll begin to flee. So it's, it's reading your word is working. Reading your word is important. Getting the understanding of your word, praying the scriptures. I now pray the word more than I pray anything else. And I find that the foundation of the word is working. And so what we're about to chew on today, today's devotional is I am chosen. I am chosen. And I need you to say this to yourself. This is our first spiritual blessing that we're going to meditate and chew on today. We're getting ready to renew your mind in the fact that you were chosen. Spiritual blessings are not just a nice feeling. It's not just something you feel. You were chosen. You, you were chosen by God. You were handpicked by God. God chose you. And you need to say this to yourself because I'm going to tell you because your mind has been renewed or in other things because there are things other things that have been said to you because there were other things that have been displayed to you to render to the fact that God chose you can be difficult for you so let me read Ephesians 1 um um this first part of the verse and Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will to the faithful saints in Christ Jesus at Ephesus Grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ, for he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons, as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for, for the right time to bring everything together in Christ both things in heaven and things on the earth. In him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might bring praise in, in his glory. And so you are chosen by God. And I'm just going to be honest and I'm going to give you some scriptures to back this up. It is very difficult to understand that I've been chosen if I were picked last. If I was picked last, if I was the kid that was always picked last, if I was some, if someone, if I was the person that in school when I was very little, nobody ever wanted me on their team. If I was that person, if it seemed like nobody ever really wanted to be my friend, if it seemed like that I was always isolated, if it seems like I was always set apart, it's very hard to conceive. If I, it seemed like I was odd or awkward or it is, it's very hard to believe that if I was picked last, that I'm chosen. That, that it's, it's hard to believe that that's hard to conceive. That's hard to receive that I've been chosen by God. If the world validated my choosing, 
If the world was the one that validated my choosing, it's very hard to believe you were chosen if somebody walked out on you. It's very hard to believe that. It's very hard to believe that you were chosen if someone walked out on you, if someone made a decision they didn't want to be with you anymore, if someone uh, found fault in you, if someone picked you apart. I'm just going to be honest. It's very hard to, 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 to believe that you were chosen. And this person could be your parent. This could be your dad. This could be your mother. This could be your spouse. This could be your friend. It's very hard to believe that I'm chosen. It's very hard to believe that I was chosen. If I was left behind, if I was left behind, if I was left behind, if I was left out of the equation, right? If I never got married, if I'm in my thirties, if I'm in my forties and I, and I'm in my fifties and I've never really been married and I had a desire to be married. It's very hard to conceive that I'm chosen. If this has never happened, if I'm using the world to validate, to validate my worthiness, to validate who I am, to validate my success, to validate whether or not I'm important. It's very hard to receive that I'm chosen because if I use marriage as the marker, my God, if I use marriage as the marker for my success, if I use whether or not I was picked last or first as the marker for my success, then it's very hard for me to conceive that I am chosen, right? It's very hard that it's very hard for me to conceive. It's hard for me to see what God is saying. If you were abandoned, if you were orphaned, if you were given a lot of times we see stories where people are raised with um, wonderful parents, but even though they were raised with wonderful parents, once adoptive parents, once they find out they were abandoned or orphaned, um, it's very hard for them to receive that they were chosen. It's hard for them to receive. And I'm, I'm just telling you, if we use the world, if we use the benchmark of the external things as a benchmark for our success, as a benchmark for our importance, then it's very hard. It's very strategic. Some of you were assaulted at a very, 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 very young age, like a very young age. If you were orphaned, if you were divorced and you never wanted to be, if, if, if you were divorced and you never wanted to be like, you never wanted to be divorced. You fought for your marriage. You believed God for your marriage. You prayed for your marriage. You fasted for your marriage and they left anyway. And they made a decision that they didn't want to be with you anyway. It's very hard to believe that you're chosen. It's just very hard. If relationships never seem to work out, it's hard to believe God chose you. If someone never affirmed your worth, it's hard to believe that God chose you. And one of the reasons that it's difficult for you to believe that God chose you is because we use a different system to validate our worth. We did, we used a different measurement to validate our worth. We did not realize no one was saying to us when these difficult moments were, were happened, no one was validating. No one was telling us that it does not matter if this world never, ever, 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 ever choose, chose you. You were chosen by your God above. 
like you were chosen by your God above. But if we don't have this revelation, my God, if we don't have this revelation in our mind that God chose us, that God predestined us, that this is a spiritual blessing that comes when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. If we don't understand like according to first Peter two and nine, that we're a chosen race. I'm a chosen person. He chose Lakeisha. He's um, part of a Royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm holy. I'm for his own possession, right? Because he's going to do something excellent in me. He called me out of darkness into his marvelous light because I am chosen. I'm chosen. I'm distinct. I'm chosen. John 15 and 16 says, you did not choose me, but I choose you and appointed you that you should go down and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in my name, you may give it to me. I chose you. I chose you. I handpicked you. I carved you out. I blew my breath into your mother's womb and said, for such a time is Fatima, for such a time is Connie, for such a time is Jackie, for such a time is Roshanda, for such a time is Lakeisha, for such a time is Candace, for such a time is Tammy, for such a time is Annie, right? For such a time, for such a time is Berta, for such a time as this. When God is talking about, I chose a race, a generation, he's talking about you. He's not just talking about you as a Christian. He's talking about the individual you. He's talking about the individual you. He's saying to you in Jeremiah one and five, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I already knew you. I already said you were good enough. I already said you were perfect. I already loved you. I already liked your personality. I already liked your quirkiness. I already liked your wittiness. I already, I consecrated you. I set you apart. I deemed you special. I deemed you important. And when I blew breath into your mother's womb, I began to deposit talents and gifts and purpose and meaning and my love for you inside you. Like I was blowing all of those things inside of you. I appointed you to be a prophet. I appointed you to be a teacher. I appointed you to be a lawyer. I appointed you to be a judge. I appointed you to be a doctor. I appointed you to be a mother. I appointed you to be a wife. I appointed you to be a father. I called you, I consecrated, and I appointed you to be these things from the nation. I already chose you. I already said you were good enough. I already said you were worthy enough. I already said you meant so much to me. Why? Because I chose you. I chose you. You are not an accident. You are not a mere mistake. You are not a casualty. You are not the, the result of a careless love affair. That is not who you are. I chose you. I <coughs> chose you. I chose you for this. I created you for this. I endowed you with this because I knew you needed to be born at a certain time. I chose you. 
I chose you. And this is why I said we are in constant warfare because the enemy did not want you to know you were chosen. He didn't want you to know you were chosen. That's why you always got picked last. Right? That's why it always seemed like nobody wanted you. That's why he wanted you to think your external validation was based on what someone else said or what someone else did or whether or not you got the job or whether or not you were married or whether or not you ever had kids. That's why he used every little thing to manipulate you because he didn't want you to recognize that divinely you had already been chosen that you have already been set apart Deuteronomy 14 and two, for you are a people holy to the Lord, your God. And the Lord has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the people who are here on the earth. You are chosen. You are chosen. You were chosen. You were chosen. But if you don't have the knowledge that you were chosen, then the external validation becomes greater than the spiritual validation that signed off on your spiritual DNA. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who ever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You are chosen. Isaiah 43 and 10. You are my witness declares the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen. You are his witness to the earth. You are his witness to a certain people and he chose you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to believe him. He wants you to understand, right? There's no other God. There's no one else that fashioned you. All of the other people that have had so much say so in your life have met. They cannot validate you. They cannot sign off on you. They don't have the power of the authority to, to even determine which way you will go. They were not the ones that chose you. So today's truth is you are chosen. I was chosen by God. I was set apart, right? Psalms 82 and six says you are God's son of the most high. All of you, all of you, all of you are God's sons and daughter of the most high. But if the enemy can make you think that you're not chosen, this is why it's important. Can I tell you something? This is why it's important for you to protect the prophets, the teachers, the priests in your prayers, covering them, loving them, um, believing God for them, because those of us that are chosen to preach and teach the gospel, we already under spiritual warfare. We already under the, uh, under attack because God doesn't want you. The enemy doesn't want you to get anything like this. That is going to renew your mind. He doesn't want you to get anything like this. That's going to renew your mind. He's going to fight you on every hand so that you don't get a word that doesn't renew your mind. And so those of us that are called to preach the gospel, we under greater attack, right? Because he doesn't want us to bring forth a truth. He doesn't want us to plant a seed. That's the same thing for you, for the areas that you're called into. Um, if you're called into teaching, if you're called into education, if you're called into counseling, he's always going to fight you in whatever area you called into because he doesn't want you to plant a seed and make the impact that you're supposed to make. 
He, he knows you're chosen. He knows you're chosen. So he wants to destroy the fact that you're chosen and make you feel like you're not chosen. And so we don't know how to protect each other in prayer and in word and in deed and in action. And we don't protect protect our chosen ones, right? We don't, we assault our chosen ones in each area. There's division all over the place and we're not walking in the fullness when spiritual warfare is in the word. I understand why the enemy fought me on this word this morning. He fought me on this word. I know why he fought me on this word. He did not want me to give you this word. He did not want you to get this word from me this morning because he didn't want me to bring revelation and light to you so that you could understand you are chosen. You, you are chosen. John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. You are chosen. You are so precious to God. You're not limited by the things around you. That's why. And I don't know why I keep saying this. That's why you don't need mental assent. You need revelation. You need revelation. You need revelation so that you begin to walk in the fullness of these. You don't need to just mimic the word of God. You don't need to just say, you got to say what the word says, but you got to begin to get revelation so that you can walk into the fullness of who God called you to be. You, if you are faithful to confess your sins, he's going to forgive you and he's going to cleanse you from all righteousness. That's why at the beginning of the week, he started talking to us about us being our Peters. And no matter how we've been Peters, whether or not, right, whether or not none of that matters, he's going to use us. Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has a plan for me. You know what I'm saying? God has a plan for me. And you need to keep saying that to you. God has a plan for me. So I got to renew my mind in this word. I got to take these scriptures that the Lord gave us today and meditate on these scriptures so that it can fight against low self-esteem so that it can fight against depression so that it can fight against my weariness so that it can fight against whether or not someone loves me so that it can fight against the thought that I'll never get married so that it can fight against the thought that I, I don't have self-worth so that it can fight against the thought that I won't fulfill my purpose, right? I got to take these scriptures and meditate on them so that they can renew my mind so that I understand that I am chosen. I have been chosen by God. I have been, if don't nobody ever sign off, if don't nobody ever prove me, my validation is spiritual. And this is not just something I'm saying. This is revelation, right? Revelation 13 and 18 says, and all who dwell on earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of the life lamb who was slain. Well, we're not getting ready to worship the world. We, I don't want to dwell and worship the world. I need to wor worship the one who's already written out my books, who's already, who's already written out my books, who's already declared because I've already been saved. Here's the amazing part. I've already been saved by grace. I don't have to do any of this, right? I don't have to do any of this. Uh, mental ascent, and I'm gonna we're gonna get out of here. Revelation and mental ascent. 
when we are mentally ascending, we're only mimicking it like a, a parrot. When we have revelation of something, we apply it to our life. So if I really have revelation that I am chosen, then I don't have to have anybody else ever tell me how good I am. I don't have to ever have anybody else tell me how special I am. I don't ever have to tell anybody else, tell me how important I am. If, if, if you fail me in the error, so be it. Because I know that I am God's chosen. And I know I am set apart for a time as this. And I know that everything that God has said to me is my truth. And I will not believe another lie. <laughs> I will not believe another lie. I will not choose another lie. God cannot lie to I mean, the enemy cannot lie to me about who I am because I've received revelation in God's word that I'm chosen by him. I've received that revelation that I am chosen by God. And so if my book doesn't get picked by this publisher, but I know God told me to write, then it may be that I got to start. I got to publish myself that I've got to publish myself. If I don't get chosen or picked by this man, then guess what? That wasn't the man for me, or it wasn't my timing yet, or God is still preparing me yet. But regardless, no matter what I'm chosen, no, no matter what I'm chosen, if they don't choose me, if that's not the job that they choose me, like if they don't choose me for the job, if I go for the interview and they pick something else, guess what? Revelation in his word tells me that he already has a plan for me. So this isn't the job for me. So I'm not going to believe another lie that I'm not worthy. Right. Right. Because they didn't pick or choose me for this job. If I am walking in truth, walking in love, in forgiveness, in humility, and I've done everything to restore relationships around me. And the people that I am trying to restore the relationships around me do not want to do it. Then there is absolutely nothing in that that validates who I am when my conscience is clear. When my conscience is clear, if they make a decision not to restore, not to repair the relationship, guess what? It's not on me because there is somebody that already chose me. There is somebody that already chose me. And often when we see gaps in our relationships or God dethrones relationships in which we have operated and allowed, allowing that relationship to become the God or the idol in our life. God always, if we won't take the relationship down, God will take the relationship down. I'm just telling you, if we won't take the relationship down, God will take the relationship down and anything that we put before God will hurt us. Anything that we set before precedent or before God, it will hurt us. It will hurt us. It will hurt us in, in some capacity. It's going to hurt us. And so we have to have the revelation that I'm chosen. So when the people around us let us down, it doesn't take the validation away from us of who we are in Christ Jesus. And then we, because what usually happens is we start compromising ourselves. We start compromising ourselves and creating our own agendas. And the reason we're creating our own agendas is because we don't know the validation of what that we're chosen. 
So then we compromise ourselves. We get in relationships. We ain't got no business. We take jobs that are lesser. We'll have a whole master's degree and be working at McDonald's. Um, and not because that's where God told us to go, but because we don't understand we are chosen and we are already validated. We'll, we'll rush things. We'll move out of the syncopation of God. My God, we'll move, we'll move out of the timing of God. We won't sit still. We won't rest and trust in God's truth because we don't have revelation of what the word says. When we have revelation of what the word says, nothing can rush you. No, nothing can change your mindset. Nothing can confuse you. And so it's not until we get revelation right? That it's gone beyond mental sins. Just me mimicking. Oh, I bless the Lord with all my soul. That's why I told y'all stop all them little sayings. Y'all be saying, but I'm blessed and highly favored and all that other stuff. But you don't even act blessed and highly favored. You don't even believe that you blessed and highly favored. If I'm blessed and highly favored, where is the word and the spiritual truth so that I can walk in really being blessed and highly favored? What words am I, what scriptures until it, I always tell you, sit on it till it pops. Sit on it till it, till it pops. So the revelation in his word today is I am chosen. So I've got to ask myself, where in my life have I not believed that I'm chosen? Where have I not, where have I compromised myself? Where have I compromised my, the word? Where have I compromised my values? Where have I compromised my morals? Where have I lowered my standard? Right. And not, and not, and not believed. Remember I, when we talked about Peter. So if you didn't get the teaching on Peter the other day, go back and watch the teaching on Peter. Peter just did a whole lot of stuff and Jesus still chose him. Jesus still stayed connected to him. Jesus still used him. Jesus still restored him. No matter how janky Peter was, Jesus still had a plan for him. <laughs> He still had a plan for him. And that's what God was saying to you. You're coming into the new year. 2019 might've been jacked up, but I'm telling you, I still have a plan to you. And if you will stay close to me, will you will stay connected to the vine. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to make you bear fruit, but you got to get the revelation that I chose you because if you get the revelation that I chose you, nobody will ever be able to lie and unvalidate your worth. Nobody will be able to take away your worth. Nobody will be able to say to you, you're not worth what you're worth because you understand that no matter what, you know what? God chose me. So if this hasn't manifested yet in my life, I'm going to sit still. I'm going to chew more on the word. I'm going to build my faith and I'm going to receive the fact that God chose me no matter what. And it does not change my purpose. Um, is substantiated in my word. My call is substantiated in my word. My marriage is substantiated in the word. The children are substantiated in the word. And I'm going to let the word validate the fact that I'm chosen and not this man-made system who will have you jacked up and make you think that you're not chosen. Just, and, and throw you off. You'll be so off kilter. You'll be in a whole different direction doing something else, not walking into the fullness of what you're supposed to, because you don't understand that you're chosen by God. You'll lower your standards. You'll stay in pain. You won't get healed. You won't love like God told you to love. You won't appreciate. And you'll be frustrated saying all the people around you are the problem. When the problem is the fact that you understand you were chosen by God, you were chosen 
by God. You were chosen by God. People were not meant to validate you. This world system cannot validate you. It's too carnal. It will lie to you. It will give you a measurement of success and tell you that this measurement of success is of God. And that measurement of success ain't got nothing to do with God because God already chose you, predestined you, preordained you and said this about you and spoke. And so I'm going to admonish you today. Ask the Lord, what did you speak about me in my mother's womb? What did you say? What did you deposit in me? What were you saying about me in my mother's womb? What were you doing? Because I need to be able to walk into the fullness of who you call me to be. And I'm sick of the devil lying to me and I'm not going to allow him lie to me anymore. Why? Because you already chose me and I'm validated in you. I'm, I'm validated in you. And so I need to eat this word. If you got self-esteem issues, if you always compromise, if what people say about you matter, um, if you have been in broken relationships and, and you know, you got some hurt from those relationships still, then your meditation has to be on the fact that I am chosen because the lack thereof cannot define you because if the lack thereof defines you, then you will compromise yourself. You will continue to engage in relationships that are ungodly and that are not worthy of you. And people who do not have a valid love and general interest in you. And that is not how God operates. That is not how God, that is not God's very best for you. It all things work together for our good. I truly believe that God is going to work everything for your good because you've been called according to his purpose, but you need to know that he set you apart. Let me give you one more scripture, Galatians 1, 15 and 16. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. He, he was established. I love this because he was like, he called me, he set me apart. I, ain't, I was called to preach the gospels. I ain't consult with someone about my calling. That's what he's saying here. I didn't consult. I didn't consult with someone about my calling. I'm not consulting with you about what God told me when God spoke it to me. I'm not getting ready to consult with you about that. I, I this is, I'm just telling you, I'm not getting ready to consult with you. That right there is a prophetic word. If God has called you to something or a word of knowledge, you don't have to consult that's why I often will run to people who don't even have the, th the power and the authority to speak in our life or we'll run to people for validation who don't see us through the eyes of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Your mama may not have it in it for you because she don't even know who she is. I'm sorry. Your husband may not know or have it for you because he doesn't know who he is. And so if he don't know who she is, a mama don't know who she is, then how are they going to be able to validate the call on your life by Christ Jesus or the fact that you need to go to medical school at 50 or the fact that the Lord said you're going to get married or have a baby late in life? How can they validate for you when they have no vision for themselves? Right. But we'll look for people or systems or world to validate the spiritual things of God in our life. How? How, how, how can they, how can they validate for you when they can't validate for themselves? How can someone give you wisdom from God when they do not ask 
and operate in the wisdom of God? How can someone talk to you about the spiritual plan of God when they don't know the spiritual plan of God or spend time in God themselves? How, how, how can someone tell you something when they don't have a divine connection or an ear to hear? How can someone give you advice for you, but they ain't got the, the Lord ain't spoke a word to them about themselves. He who has ears, let him hear. Let me read Psalms 103. Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve for his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father. This might need be the song you need to read over yourself daily. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him, for he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildfathers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant of those who obey his commandments. The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there, he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom and all that I am. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm just, I, can I tell you something? I'm going to tell you something that I've done with my boys, especially my younger boys. And Judah is very good at it. Um, I have never let my kids run to me and say to me, somebody was talking about me or somebody said something about my mama. I've never let them do that. When any time that has happened, I have said to them without a doubt, is what they said true? And they're like, no. And I said, then why are you even entertaining what they've said? And I'm saying the same thing to you. And Judah is very good at that. He can be in a classroom or he can be around an adult and he, and Josiah is the same way. I remember when Josiah was fifth or sixth grade, one of his teachers had spoke something negative and was like, oh, y'all not going to be able to make it in the seventh grade. And Judah came back and said to me, he I mean, Josiah came back and said, she was speaking negative over us. And I said, who was? And he said, my teacher, she was like, oh, y'all not going to be able to do this. when y'all get to middle school or junior high, he said, I don't, I don't like that. And he began to shut his mind down and speak the word of God to himself because he wasn't going to receive what she was saying about him. We got to be the same way with the devil. When negative thoughts come up, confusing thoughts come up, oppressive thoughts come up, depressive, we got to begin to shut our mind. And I'm not about to believe you saying anything else to me because I, I'm chosen. 
I'm chosen by God. I'm chosen by God for purpose. And I got to sit into this word until you, until I believe it. I got to sit into this word until I believe it. Let me read. Let, let me close us out in Ephesians two, and then we're going to pray. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them and our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming of ages, he might display the measurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. It is God's gift. It is God's gift, not from your works so that no one can boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So then remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcised by the, by, by those called the circumcised. You hear that? At that time, you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility in his flesh. He made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations so that he might create in himself one new man from the two resulting in peace. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near for through him. We both have access in one spirit to the father. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone in him. The whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord In him. You are also being built together for God's dwelling in spirit. God is rebuilding you. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.